Dang, I was doing good, bro. Do the paper thing, dude. That'd be hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. You're recording already? Yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome to the After Duty Hours podcast. This is episode 19. And I am your host, as always, Renee Flores Jr. And the disclaimer is... This podcast has no affiliation with Ramstein Air Base, U.S. military branches, or the U.S. government. Now, the After Duty Hours podcast, if you don't remember, if you didn't know, it is it is not sponsored, but we are under the KMC First Four. And today, finally, one of the last execs before, you know, you swap out, uh, we have a special guest. He is the treasurer currently of the KMC uh, First Four, Cody Calloway. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, I... This one was supposed to happen in this. I mean, in October, but I mean, we we kind of were busy, kind of like schedules. Yeah. You know, whenever I wasn't busy, you were, and then it just like kind of swapped at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, before you gotta give up your treasurer spot, um, I wanted to like bring you on, and you know, kind of wanted to show everybody and maybe give it anybody a listen on like what you know kmc first four is about and i thought that would be best shown by bringing on the exec so For i had sure. the president vice president secretary and now i got the treasurer so I'm, i completed the puzzle piece here yes um, sir soon i'll be doing four more execs because we just got done with elections mm -hmm. and i didn't think about this but it would have been cool to announce the winners on this podcast maybe yeah maybe uh maybe next time i'll i'll kind of like print out that paper and read it off but i'll, I'll be kind of nervous to do that man because i can't pronounce names let me tell you man <laughs> well are you gonna say something you're gonna use the new mic all right all right what was it albino albano no it was albano yeah, yeah it okay that was, if, okay for you since you're here uh there was just uh she was in the den uh she was medical mm -hmm. she i think she was episode seven and I just I kept messing up her last name, bro. Yeah, the super just, still messing <laughs> it up. Yeah, kind of, maybe, yeah. So that's why I'm a little nervous on um, announcing it. But I wanted to bring up this crazy fact. Um, it's been a year since we first emailed each other. Mm. Like December six. I know this today's December seventh, mm -hmm. and you know people who are listening, they'll probably not. It's not December seventh anymore. But um, I have. I actually have it on me, man. That's Look, wild. There, I'm not going to put it on the screen, but yeah, there it is. Look. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that That's cool? That's crazy, man. Yeah, we kind of known each other for a year now, man. Yeah, started, started something beautiful, man. Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, I was trying to dip into the first four at the time. Mm -hmm. Um but I didn't know um, that you already had the seats filled. And that's what I was kind of going for. I wanted to go for an exec seat. And then, you know, I kind of shift ideas and said, hey, like, I, I think I want to do something different. And, you know, that's when the podcast got put together. Um, it worked out. Yeah, I really do appreciate it. And I think, um, you know, now we're doing the same thing a year from now. I mean, a year later, we're doing the the mental health awareness campaign the mm -hmm. the you matter so I, I think that's pretty cool that you've created some sort of tradition there to keep that awareness going especially in you know the blue month december certainly yeah that was the idea yeah, yeah. i think i don't know like i i remember how i don't know it, it felt good doing it for sure mm -hmm. and I, I think uh recently when we did it uh at vogelway mm -hmm. we were like 
we were doing it again. It was just a few of us, but a lot of people were interacting with us, and it was pretty cool. And then, you know, when I posted on Facebook and I saw all those interactions, I was like, hey, this is pretty cool, man. Like, um, there was someone said, you know, like, it, it's sad to know that you won't know the impact you made. Mm-hmm. It's kind of impossible to kind of know that, like, mm-hmm. if you've impacted on somebody. Right. Um, but I, I felt like I was physically seeing the impact with everyone smiling, waving. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was really cool. But I want to ask you before we get into uh, the good stuff mm-hmm. um, to know who Cody is. Um, what do you think about the podcast so far? And do you have like any suggestions, any ideas that if you could like throw in there? I know I know that's a lot mm-hmm. because you don't want to like make suggestions or, mm-hmm. you know, some people are like, oh, no, I think you're doing fine. But like and that's kind of on the spot. But do you have well? What do you think about it so far, man? How do you feel about the podcast? I think you're doing great, man. It's a, it's, it's an awesome thing, you know. It's, I don't. Has there ever been a podcast on Ramstein before by Airman? Do we, do we know that? We are the first, first ever. Well, I don't, I don't know. No, <laughs> I mean, are. it could, it could have fell off. I've been here for f- close to five years now. Yeah. 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 So uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It, yeah. It's amazing, man. It's a, it's an accomplishment already. And, and you guys, you do it like you're professionals, you know, Thank I, you. Uh, I, I love what I see. You're a great speaker. You're a great, um, I try host, that- <laughs> you know, it seems like you got some great, great, uh, helpers in the background, keeping it afloat, man. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard for me to critique it. You know, I, when I've, when I've watched it and listened to it, I, wasn't really looking for things to critique and you know nothing jumped out at me as obvious i think it'd be cool to get some more you know like high-ranking officials on here you know yeah yeah with a with a lot of experience you know that's really yeah that is definitely one of the goals we we try to balance out between peers and then more experienced whether whether serving or not serving like like we had a a dependent not too long ago one of our first dependents on the the podcast officially mm-hmm. um and she i got to talk to her about like how do you how do you deal with um it was oh, I, not not moving new, um dang why i don't know why i could oh deployments deployments, deployments. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so like and then like what kind of advice do you give to a newly married couple that you know they're about to deploy or like hey you know she's pregnant i think she did she mention that she was pregnant and he was deployed uh, yeah okay so mm. so those are some challenges and some big road bumps that i thought that could be beneficial to you know if if somebody caught it by ear you know um yeah, but i don't know i i guess i don't know how to reach that demographic so i'm just doing it and i think uh, yeah that's a that's a fair point though cuz like a lot of our best episodes come from like I'm not trying to say like elders, but yeah. there's a lot of insight. There's a lot of knowledge, and like, yeah, it's knowledge. knowledge, knowledge. But yeah, those have been our best episodes, honestly. Yeah, I, I really do like those episodes because it's not about kissing butt, mm-hmm. but I think if people understood that you can lean on experience and learn on uh, lean on lessons, um, then you can prevent from making mistakes. Now, I'm not saying go out there and don't make any mistakes and don't learn from them. That's bound to happen. But, like, if you can learn something and apply it and you don't ever have to go through the struggles, why not? Right. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. I feel like that's what you get from most of the, the elders. But, no, like, I think that's – see, that's one good suggestion. I, I think uh, 
um, I can probably dip more into it, make an effort to kind of reach out to more. And my goal is to reach out more than just my squadron. I, oh, yeah. I did dip a lot of people, like majority of my episodes seem like they come from my squadron. So I'm trying to hit like a different, different wave out here. And, and I've attempted that. Um, and I think I'm going to keep trying with that. Oh, yeah. But before we move on, for those who are watching, Cody definitely came dressed to impress because, hey. man, I'm in I'm in my work outfit. <laughs> this guy is looking sharp in his yeah. suit. I like that shirt. I appreciate it, man. Hollister. Yeah, where'd you get that? Hollister. And, well, like, uh, what's that? Zway Brooklyn, Zway Brooklyn, the oh, okay. fashion Zwei outlet, yeah. like 40 minutes from here, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I think I bought some nice clothes not too long ago and i've already worn them like three times because yeah. i was like oh yeah good new clothes <laughs> i love i love dressing up man and yeah. you know just even casually like I'll, I'll dress like this and go to the commissary you know it just feels good you know yeah. if you look good you feel good yeah and you know just, that kind of reminds me of uh pursuit of happiness you know how he's mm. always walking around with a suit and he yeah, only has yeah. that one suit yeah 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 that kind of reminds me of that that's pretty cool but let's get to know who Cody is. So let's, we're just going to keep it basic, just hometown, background, upbringings, you know, kind of lay the foundation. Uh, you don't have to dip too um, yet into get tra- getting into the military. Mm. You can just kind of just start off with the basic, the civilian life, uh, civilian sector. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, I'm from Lake City, Florida. Okay. You know, north central Florida, close to Gainesville for any football fans, Gainesville Gators. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I, I moved around a lot as a kid. My dad was in the Army. So okay. I uh, I actually lived in Germany when I was five, four mm-hmm. or five. Around this area? Um, it was like an hour from here, yeah. Okay. I forget what it's called. Babenhausen. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, so I actually went to kindergarten here. Um, I've known how to count to 12 in German for my whole life because <laughs> of that. Yeah. So I think can it's, you uh, can you share that with us? <clears throat> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. Ein, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, neun, zehn, elf, zwölf. And that, that, that I'm talking about <clears throat> twelve days. Wait, twelve days of Christmas? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I may be wrong. <laughs> there may be some 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 errors in that because, like I said, I've known that my whole life. So yeah. I haven't even went back and listened to how to count to twelve in German anytime yeah. recently. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat. No, that's okay. Um, so that that's from memory from as a child. So if I've if I butch butcher that up, my apologies. But, no, no, you're good. But but yeah, so it's super cool, man, to uh, to come back here. It feels like kind of like a full circle moment. I was here yeah. before, you know. But but yeah, and after, you're staying here now. I'm staying here. Yeah. I'll be yeah. Here. Well, we'll get to that yeah. later. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I moved around and lived in Germany as a young kid, Tennessee, Kentucky, and then moved back to Florida. Mm-hmm where I originated from at like mm-hmm. eight and then stayed there until I was 18. So that's, that's my hometown. Mm-hmm. The family. Yeah. That's, that's where all my family was for the most part. You mm-hmm. know, I kind of got a smaller family. Yeah. You know, it's a lot. Like, of, what's it looking like? So, I mean, I have, I have a few, I have a few siblings, you know, I have three sisters and a brother and a stepbrother. Mm-hmm. Where you fall in? I'm in the oldest. The, you're the oldest? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Who's, what's the youngest, like the age? Youngest is 18. 18? My, my brother, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So everyone's kind of transitioning into the real world, kind of. Right. Almost, at least, you it's know. It's kind of crazy to see, you know. Yeah, you yeah. You still see them as little babies, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Parents good? 
my mom's good. You know, yeah. she's living living the life. You know, she's. I come from a real country upbringing. You know, yeah. so so they live a real simple life out in the middle of nowhere. You know, yeah. chickens, that's good. garden, just the simple things and. I feel like that's the goal at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. That's where I want. I want some chickens. Yeah. Man. Look at all those chickens. Look at all those chickens. They were ducks. That was one of the funniest videos. Yo, time I've ever that. Seen. I gotta insert that, bro. That was such a funny video. Yeah, um, but no, man, that's good. So before we transition into the kind of like. You know, the military, I want to get like your hobbies and your mm. hidden talents and your favorite foods. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll start off with those threes. And if we find anything else we can explore, then we'll do that. So, okay. so what, what is like your favorite hobbies? Like, what do you, what do you, what is your, when you're downtime, other mm. than traveling, because I know you travel yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but hobbies. So I've got a few. Um, quite explorative. I, uh, I've recently got into, like jewelry making, silversmithing, that's something I, I thoroughly enjoy. Mm -hmm. like, I know that you made your ring. Yep, yeah, this one here. Or like you... Yeah. Or you didn't make it, you just modified it? No, I made this. I made oh, okay, this cool, cool. from wire. Okay, um, cool. Set the stone and everything. That's something I really love a lot. I love working with my hands, you know. And, yeah. And that's, that's one of my main hobbies. Also, uh, recently got into learning to play piano. Okay, cool. It's something that's like always like called to me, like that's like my mm -hmm. sole instrument, you know. I just never got around to doing it. Yeah. Um so I spend some of my time doing that. What's your what level would you say you're at? Beginner. Beginner? Yeah. yeah. I would say I'm like super beginner cuz I only know one thing. Yeah. And that's the Kingdom Hearts uh Dearly Beloved. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. pretty good. Um no, I think the jewelry one is pretty cool cuz mm -hmm. I I remember seeing that um you ever thought about like making a business behind that? You know, it's that's a tough one. You know, it, eventually maybe. Yeah. It's it's tough because you don't want your hobbies to turn into work. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. Because then yeah. it, t it could take a lot of the enjoyment out of it. I I love not yeah. having timelines. You know, just being able to enjoy oh, the yeah, process. Yeah. You're true. It's that's true. Maybe eventually. Yeah. And then also the resources behind it, because like yeah. metal is not just an easy product to just come across you know yeah it's expensive too. or like i mean even if it turned into a business you know i do watch a lot of shark tank <laughs> i've watched every episode of dude shark i tank. watch it plus all the australian the man i gotta yo we got time i'm gonna tell you this monopoly story at some point in this podcast i'm gonna actually write it down I'm, hello everyone i don't know when i'm gonna put this video in but i'm probably gonna put it in between a segment because we were done recording but we forgot about the Monopoly. And I'm telling you, I got to tell this story. But in a short period of time. I don't want to take up too much uh, time, your time as well. Um, but Shark Tank and Monopoly. Bro, I played Monopoly like I never played it before, bro. And let me tell you how I did it. There was uh, six players, right? Hmm. And let me tell you, when you play with six people, bro, you start to realize how properties, properties get taken up so fast that you're pretty much... If you're not if you're not landing on the good spaces, like if you're just not landing on property at all, like imagine if you're just landing on community chests for like four times in a row, like right. you'll never get any property, you'll mm -hmm. never get any income. And mm -hmm. I started buying like all the properties I I was landing on, and they ended up being like expensive properties. So I was already losing money. Yep. And you know when you don't have the color set, um, you can't build houses or. A, 
you'll be getting like 30 bucks like every time someone lands on it you'll yeah. never get anything and then while other people are start building mm-hmm. well that kind of happened to me i kept missing go and landing on um somebody had the two brown spots you know what i'm talking about yeah. i don't know the name of them but yeah. they're right after go mm-hmm. and they built hotels on them immediately because it's cheap it's like, like 50, the cheapest yeah ones. but like every time you pat if you land on them you gotta you gotta fork up like four hundred fifty dollars. Oh. So it was like I was losing money, and I was looking at what I had. I was like, bro, I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna be the first one out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, once everything got established, bro, in one turn, I made a trade with every player. I traded, I traded with people to give them their full color sets, and mm. I was just trading, trading, trading. Everyone on the board had color sets at that okay. point, and I had nothing. Mm-hmm. Still, I think I got like. another place Uh, oh i think someone gave me like park place which is the blue one Mm -hmm. register that wasn't my final plan so obviously i didn't have any income i only had like a few properties and what happened was um after a few turns i realized um something needs to change and with the little bit of property i had left i sold like the railroad to the guy who had three, mm-hmm. I said, I'll give it uh, how much to give you this or whatever. And I, he said like 500 at <laughs> one point because I felt like I was going to give it away. And he was like, no, don't give it away. I want it. And I was like, well, how much are you willing to pay for it? Hmm. And then he said 500. I said sold. So I got all this money now. At one point I had $2,000 with no property. Around like, I had like stupid amount of money. I don't know mm-hmm. how I got it. It may not be 2,000, but it was well over a thousand. Yeah. I had it laid out and everything. I had like three 500s and like, yeah. um, and people were like, man how, man, how do you have all this money? You got no properties. And it's already late in the game. People are building houses and whatnot. So what I did is I started investing in people. I said, uh, one of my friends, uh, um, Jason, I told him, hey man, I will give you the color set that you need and start funding your houses for this amount of money. But what I want is immunity from all uh, all your properties, mm-hmm. and I want a royalty until I re- wonderful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I want to and I want a royalty until I recoup a thousand two hundred dollars of my money. That's and then, sharky. And then and then so I gave him eight hundred dollars and I funded all his houses mm. and I got immunity and every time people were landing on his property, I would get two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. And I started That's like genius. Income, Bro, and then I went to the strongest player and I said, I will fund your houses. Um I just won't want any immunity. I mean, I just want immunity from all your properties. I will fund your houses and continue to fund your houses if I get the income. Uh, for a perpetuity of like $150 or like $50 or 100 because I didn't know what she was going to accept. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, cool. So I was like, <laughs> bro, wow. I was roaming the board. Oh, getting to, bro, I ended up getting fourth place. It, but it ended up being a long time before fourth place like was set in stone. Yeah. Bro, I never played Monopoly like that in my life. That's crazy. And the only reason I got knocked out is because the only person that was left I didn't have immunity for Mm -hmm. and I was low on cash I literally gave that person all my money except a dollar so I can stay in the game and I ended up staying in the game uh, just a uh, just a few more rounds with that one dollar because I was getting 
$200 from him every time mm-hmm. someone landed on her property because she was becoming monopoly, uh, monopoly because she was bankrupting people. So she was getting yeah. – I had a – I literally had to dodge these three spots on the map, which was that other guy, and that was the spot I ended up landing on, bro. It's like the worst feeling in the world. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I thought I don't know why I should keep this in the podcast, but I thought it was like a funny story. Like, uh, I think Monopoly is a fun game. It can make – you can make it whatever, man. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a trading game. So I don't know if you were to ask immunity from all players, Mm. and then you'll never lose the game unless – one person is left standing and you were just their finance person so you win yeah you got second place and you automatically get second i feel like but mm-hmm. um i mean you win regardless. yeah yeah <laughs> i win because you won you know what I'm saying? <laughs> i invested in the right person you know that's genius that's yeah genius. but yeah that's about it i think we're gonna get back to the main episode so yeah i appreciate you letting me tell this story and anybody here listening yeah. i'm gonna just put mono and Monopoly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just mono. <laughs> okay. Um, no, what what are they saying on Shark Tank? It's just like, how are you different from everyone else? Mm-hmm. And I think the competitive space of jewelry is already there. Right. So it's kind of like if I were to come up with a new energy drink or a new kind of like sports drink, if I'm not some sort of famous influencer mm-hmm. to boost my sales, then I'm gonna be get eaten alive by like Gatorade and Powerade stuff that's already like surpassed hundreds of millions of dollars prime yeah or but you see prime is a, a is a prime example, example you know what i'm saying <laughs> Cars. Uh, the, yeah the, the prime example oh dang i said it again but like those are high looked at influencers whether you like them or not you're mm-hmm. gonna see it because there's a lot of eyes on them and that's what kind of boosted their sales and that's why they're kind of still in the game of sports drinks yeah but no just uh just a little a penny for your thoughts for the listeners of like you know start take thinking that's some things that their investors are going to look at is like what makes you different what sets you apart from the your other competitors that are already you know trying to squeeze you out because they can they have the money and stuff yeah, like that absolutely yeah. um so i guess that's that hobby's kind of leaked into your your hidden talents like piano so that's pretty good what what are your goals for your piano? Like, are you trying to like in ten years? Are you trying to play like Interstellar? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm trying? You know, what I'm trying? I love that song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do it because it it feels like it's it's relief for me. It's you know, clarity. yeah, exactly. It's it's an escape. You know, all day long, I, my my mind's a hundred million miles an hour. There's all kinds of stuff I'm thinking about, stressing yeah. about, trying to get done, but. Once you get on the piano, there's you have nothing else going on except playing music. Yeah. And there's something therapeutic about that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just doing it for me and just see where it goes, you know. Yeah. It, it kind of stems from my actual true hidden talent is okay. I can rap real good. You can rap? Yeah. You s- I, oh, it's not Marcy. I, hey. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't consider myself a rapper because I've never like put myself out there really or tried to develop myself as you know an artist in the public so on eye. a scale can you freestyle like i can freestyle but i ain't gonna do it right now okay <laughs> i was about Too to say much I, pressure yeah i'm pressure. about to I'm, do like the the radio shows where they just throw out words yeah, you know right. what i'm saying so, <laughs> I, I can i can do that but oh right. man what, who's that um Swish. you like harry mack Oh yeah, Harry Mack. Harry Mack. Oh yeah, yeah, Harry Mack. Yeah. He's 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 like a god, though. Bro. I ain't like that, somewhat. But, yeah. yeah, 
And like he he says it's all in the movements. Like he says you constantly it helps. He has to be moving like this when he's freestyling because mm. he's like your bo- your body your, your brain, brain is like it connects to like you know, so yeah it it's crazy. It uh, yeah, but I've been uh, man, dude. I can't believe you were not gonna share anything. Yeah. <laughs> you got no. you got to have something I mean, written down. You got to spit one bar that you have written down for the for the listeners. We were literally yeah, on, like right. spitting the stupid freestyle. How about this? As here. we're talking, and you think of one worth of sharing, and it's in, in and it makes sense to just spit out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then then you feel free. But I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I just thought. Now that's a hidden talent, you know. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy. I did not expect that. I'd known you for a year, and I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess. yeah. I keep it on the down low, man. This yeah. is another one of those things I kind of just do for me because I love to do it. Yeah. So, do you have like unreleased songs? I have a huge vault of just shit. I'm oh, sorry. No, bro. You, I have, I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of stuff. A lot. Do you write? I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But but primarily, it's built on freestyle yeah. skill. Who's there's another YouTuber. Since you're in that space, I feel like you would know this YouTuber. His, uh, he blew up on the song with designer uh, Panda, mm-hmm. and he was in the room, and he had a mic. He says, "Hey, a lot of people said I can't freestyle on this," and, he, and he's like, "What?" And then he says, "Just, just watch." And oh, dang, oh, the real AK. Not familiar. Oh man, he's good. Like I, I like him. I haven't been keeping up with him, but I've always liked his his songs and. Some of his songs are a bunch of covers, but he he can definitely, you could see the progression of what he had. Yeah. But it's his name is, the real AK or something. Mm. Um, yeah, he goes by AK now. Yeah, AK. Yeah, yeah he. I like him. He he. Yeah, came that was up from seven YouTube. years ago. Yeah, that the Panda, Panda one. Yeah, yeah. Yo, that one was crazy. That one was when the song came out, man. That was like Black Ops Three, and that was like I. It's crazy how I compare eras to which, which Call of Duty was out at the time, but that's. That that's uh what I came up with. So, um, but your favorite foods? Chicken wings. Chicken wings. What flavor are you going for? All of them. All of them. Buffalo all day though. Yeah, yeah. Top top. You gotta go over the original buffalo. You can't go sure. wrong with it. Yeah. yeah. So which which wing place are you going to? So I lived in Buffalo, where buffalo wings were created. Also yeah. lived in Florida. So buffalo wings were created in New York, in Buffalo, New York. And then Man, you know the backgrounds too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> they call me the Chicken Wing King. Oh okay. <laughs> did you win that. any? Did you do any challenges or anything? Nah, but I I, I can throw down. Okay, I, I work cool. at some restaurants yeah. up in New York. You like swings here? Swings is trash. Oh, I, I knew you mean that. Hey, it is what it is. I I've not yet found one single restaurant in Germany that's got wings that meet my expectations. Yeah. Not one. I've stopped trying to find them. Because yeah. I mean, it's such an American tradition, you know. It, yeah. it is, and I don't mean that with any disrespect. Yeah, yeah. I just because since I lived where they were created, yeah. like they're so crazy about. So it there's there. a specific place that you went to. Oh yeah, a specific place called the Anchor so Bar. So I, I can't go. I can't go to a restaurant chain of it. I have to go there. Yeah. yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. Bar. <laughs> what, what about what about the other ones like Wingstop, Hooters, and and. Well, I mean, like when you have. Well, I mean, I guess if you're there, you're gonna go to the one that you like. When you were yeah. given the top, everything else. Yeah, that's, I know, that's but the problem. like that's I, the problem. But like when you were in Florida, you were still eating chicken wings. Was that place so, there? So ironically, Florida. So once chicken wings were created in Buffalo, the next state they moved to was Florida. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. Florida also got top tier wings. So in in Florida, yeah. in Florida, and also in in New York. I mean, drums what, or wings. I, I think before I drums or flats. Oh, flats. Yeah. Well, cause the wing, 
The wing is the flat, right? It's a part of the wing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got the flat and the drum and the connection. Yeah, yeah. It makes I love nice. flats, man. I, 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 so the thing is, I, I prefer the flats, but I love the contrast. You know, after you eat a few flats, you eat a drumstick and you kind of recalibrate and you go back to the flats. <laughs> You're not wrong. That's exactly Yo, low keys. But the thing is, okay, hate me if you if you if you wish, but dude, that's crazy that you said that because I be doing that too. Like I only get flats, but my wife gets all of them. So I'm like, I look at her drum. I'm like, I'm gonna try a drum, and then I'll eat it. And I won't finish it, and I'm like, nah, man. I'm going to go back to the flats. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But you probably finish it. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. leave anything. If you're not finishing yeah. the whole wing, what's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah, I remember. I, I would get eaten all. alive. They said, man, you got all that meat on the bones, <laughs> yeah. bro. And I was like, I was like, nah, bro, come on. <laughs> so, I don't know. With flats, I can usually, I can eat all of it pretty much. There's but the drums, I can't. The technique to yeah. eating a flat where you can just get all off. Yeah, I seen that, bro. Oh yeah, I seen that. (laughs) Uh, But nah. Yeah, I feel like I'm sorry for jumping around a lot. I just think these these conversations are kind of like exciting, and I I think it's very engaging about like. Don't feel like we're jumping around to me. Yeah. Oh well, you're probably right. But (laughs) I want to make sure I covered everything that I asked you because I remember we strayed off a little bit of like where you ate, like the name of the place. Did Mm -hmm. is there? Did we say the name of the place? So the Anchor Bar is where chicken wings were created. But, okay. But pretty much all wings in Buffalo were fire. Okay. Man, I might need to explore there. Yeah. yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah. What's yeah. your What's been your favorite food over here, though? Favorite food over here has got to be Italian food. Okay. You know, I I've, I loved Italian food before I came here, and to actually eat it. So in what Italy, specific? Just pasta. I really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like fettuccine pasta. Yeah, nice. I like the penne noodle mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoy. It. Like, I I just think those are awesome. Yeah. I don't. I stray away from the like the spaghetti ones. Like mm-hmm. the I I mean I'm not a, I'm no expert, but I kind of like. I don't know. It just depends. I mean, I like. Um, I haven't explored too far out, but I like Vapiano's. I, I had it when I first got here. Yeah, yeah. it's not too bad. There's mm-hmm. like this spicy boil one, the spicy chicken one. Oh, I love the sauce, bro. And then I just like take the plant and then sprinkle the little whatever plant it is it tastes good though it gives like a i wouldn't say a minty flavor but i don't know it just like enhances the the taste for me absolutely but best food i've had in the area it like preferably i mean my preference anyways is a uh, good vibes Oh, okay. You ever had that or no. that jamaican that jamaican food truck that comes to base? oh yeah 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 they are that's yeah, the top tier. Top yeah. tier. Yeah, their jerk chicken, chicken is crazy. so nice. Oh, dang, I haven't I haven't really explored a lot of the food trucks here. I think there's that um, Filipino one that oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I I that one was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I we tried Baby O tacos. My wife did not like that. My wife's she had, Mexican and she don't like none of the Mexican places yeah. around here. Well, she also didn't like it because of the price. Mm. It was like, oh, there was like, like it was just a plain taco with the meat, and you had to pay for the cilantro and onions. You had to pay for the sauce. Like, I, 
maybe th- i mean i know things are run different over here like we don't we shouldn't expect everything to be ran, ran the same but exactly. you know exactly. um it's like man those are like that's the essential things. yeah if i'm <laughs> yeah. buying the taco for four dollars mm. you're giving me the cilantro and onions for free bro <laughs> right, <laughs> like i'm not right. paying a dollar for extra mm-hmm. um but we haven't gone there um ever since that first time yeah. and we were in like i think we we're in i got covid so i had to stay indoors but somebody went to go get us the tacos because mm. uh, it was new and she was not pleased. <laughs> yeah. But let's kind of talk about how the chicken wing man um, became a wing man. Oh, okay. Oh, I was trying to do something. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? I was trying to do something. Became a wing man. Um, so oh, I see. Yeah, ah, there you go. Hey. Ding, ding, ding. Let's wow. go. Um <laughs> how he transitioned into like the military life because you said your dad was army he was yeah um so just start off there like okay like i'm not you're not going to the army did you consider it or like like how did that go yeah so ever since i was like 14 i wanted to be in the military my preferably the air force you know, mm-hmm. i wanted to be a fighter pilot because my my dad always told me if I was gonna join the military, join the Air Force. Because, yeah. You know he he had this story always. His example was you know when he would go on deployments and and TDYs and whatnot, how uh, they would be intense like as the army they'd be intense in the woods somewhere and and he would always see Air Force going to nice hotels, mm-hmm. and that that was the only thing that he needed to see to to know that there was a huge difference in like you know the branches. Yeah. So yeah. he always told me to go in the Air Force. My grandfather was also in the Army. My dad only served four years in the Army, but my, mm-hmm. my grandfather was in the Army for, I think, 12 years mm, as well. So, um, so yeah, it's something that I always had in the back of my mind. For some reason, I, I decided not to go into the military right away, right yeah. out of high school. I had an interesting, um, had an interesting life after high school. I moved out of my parents' house at 16, and I actually lived in a camper outside of my grandpa's house um, for four years. And uh, so I was kind of like on my own. You know, my grandpa was a real hands-off kind of guy. There was no oversight. No one was making sure I was doing my homework or cleaning or or nothing like that. So it was like I was on my own, right? So I was kind of just figuring out life and who I was and... I think it did a lot of good for me. Um, I ended up moving to uh, Buffalo, New York with um, an old friend. And uh, I was there for like five years, six years. I got into the swimming pool business. Yeah. And uh, I worked my way up the chain at that at that store. You know, I started out helping winterize pools. It was like a seasonal position. And then I ended up going into the retail store. And then I eventually became a manager there. And um, when my wife graduated nursing school in New York, we moved back to Florida, and I got another pool job. So m- most of my adult life, I've I've been in the swimming pool business, and um, it's something I really loved. You know, yeah. it's it's interesting because I liked my life before the Air Force. You yeah. know, I didn't join because. Like, I was struggling, necessarily. Yeah. I, I wanted more and better for myself, but I wasn't... I didn't join because I didn't like what I was doing. I actually loved what I was doing. Yeah. But there was something about 
feeling like I, 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 I didn't have enough of an impact, you know, like it, it was very enjoyable work. I loved, I loved the day to day. It was, it was awesome. I had freedom. I had my own truck. I was going to jobs. It, it was a super cool gig. And, uh, <clears throat> I just felt like it wasn't something I could really hang my hat on. Yeah. You know, I, I imagined I was kind of on a track to end up having my own swimming pool business one day. That's kind of where I was going before yeah. I joined and what I thought my future looked like. But when I imagined myself at the end of my life, just kind of like on my deathbed, you know, reflecting yeah. back on my life, I tried to imagine how it would feel about my accomplishments going down that path. And although I've, I would have most certainly been successful, you know, financially, I just feel like it, it wasn't gonna really make the impact that I felt like I really wanted to make on the world. So yeah. So the 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 main reason why I joined the Air Force was that you know I felt th- this emotional drive to to really do something more and be a part of something bigger than myself. You know, you you hear that all the time and it's super cliche, but it's honestly how I felt. And you know, there's all the other stereotypical reasons too, you know. I I also wanted to go to college and couldn't afford it. I didn't want to take loans out, so Air Force was really enticing in that aspect and travel obviously yeah. is most people want to travel and so that was a motivator as well, but what really led me to be here is just the desire to be a part of the Air Force, you know, yeah. and and knowing that I would be super proud of that regardless of how my life turned out after you know that's something i know that i would never regret yeah for sure um so this your first duty station or yes okay cool um and you said you just extended here and you're gonna be here until what 2028 2028 i got here march 2021 yeah what you know he told me uh he said, "Man, by the time I get out of here, your your kids probably gonna be in kindergarten." <laughs> I was like, I was like, "Dang!" And I was only thinking, I was like, "Man, will I stop be changing his diaper by then too?" <laughs> oh man, I'm. I mean, I'm looking forward to. it. I'm lying, bro, but I, but I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, no, I love that guy already. Um, I love that dude. Um, so let's jump into. Let's just cut right through the grass, man. Like you and me, we're big on volunteering here, mm-hmm. and it, it probably ain't no secret to your supervisors, and it ain't no secret to my supervisors. Yep. And I, I think I'm not. I don't. I don't want to complain here at all. Like I think my supervisors can be looked at it uh, at a certain way, but you also need to step in their shoes because they were once a senior airman, they were once an A1C or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. and they were being taught how to excel and move forward in this career if they chose to keep it as a career so you at at some point you have to respect the rank and the experience because at the end of the day like we were talking about off camera it's not being an a-hole to you it's telling you what you need to hear Mm -hmm. and obviously it's how they're saying it to you Uh, we're not talking about like they're cussing at you and like they're they're like talking really bad but still getting a point across i'm talking about like they need to sit you down and mm-hmm. tell you what you need to hear and i and i think at, it's really important to hear as a junior enlisted that at the end of the day the mission is still important your work is still important that's what you get paid for in the air yep. force 
And I think when we overexerted ourselves with volunteering, it's like we always had something in our mind in the back saying, like, you know, I don't want my lack, uh, my work to be lacking either. Mm-hmm. So, um, balancing work and volunteering, how is that for you right now? Well, the majority of the volunteering that I've done has occurred outside of duty hours. There, yeah. There's been a good amount of, you know, volunteering that I've done during duty hours as well when mission permitted. Yeah, yeah. You know, volunteers, volunteering at certain events that were really only happening during duty hours, like Special Olympics, for example. Yeah. You know. That happened recently? That Yeah, it was probably like five months ago or something oh, like okay, that. Oh, okay, okay. It was during the summer. But, um, but yeah, it's... <clears throat> During during work hours, I, I, I've been I've been lucky enough to have very supportive leadership. Um, it it at least seems like to me that volunteering is uh, it's like a respectable thing in my squadron. Like obviously, missions always first. Yeah, but that's besides what you do at work you know there's not too much else that you can do aside from volunteering to go above and beyond right so yeah i think that my leadership recognizes the fact that volunteering makes well-rounded airmen yes and and having that support from my leadership has has really made it a lot easier going for me i haven't really had much pushback and i mm-hmm. think that I think it's because I know when to ask and when not to ask as well. You know, like I have yeah. good judgment. I'm not going to try and get out when stuff's crazy, you know. Yeah. Like, I, okay. I care about the mission first, yeah, too, yeah. you know. So. For sure. Um, but it, it, it it's funny because every, every time, like my NCOIC would poke fun at me. And uh, like when I'm building up my quarterly package, like Airman of the Quarter, and then you stack that up against my Volunteer of the Quarter package. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much more volunteering bullets, yeah, and so and he, he poked he poked fun at me. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, you're just a volunteer or whatever. Yeah, you for volunteering all the time. But he was being he was being funny because he knows that all of that's mostly done outside of work. Anyways, yeah, yeah. But. And I think that's important to kind of shed light on you know the airmen that are listening right now is like, I mean, it's tough. Like I I have written down here is is the challenges. Um, that come with competing with their peers in in our careers do you think it's military is tougher than college Mm. and i mean there's it's a scale and i would say you know whenever i was sitting obviously i was going to college first so i was sitting at a a a table that was going to a, a specific a specific college and then you had all these people sitting at the ut table the a and m table the the you name it, you know what I'm saying? Then you got the the people that are trying to enlist into the military. And this was when everyone was in the cafeteria for, like, career day, mm-hmm. all the seniors and whatnot. And then, you know, like, you can't help but to bat an eye to the military people who are, I mean, people who are choosing to go to the military. You're, like, batting an eye and they're like, man, they're not going to college, man. They're not cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess that that's the mindset I think um, people have because – not in a disrespectful way i i kind of had that in my mind too i was like i was like man it's like you almost to the point where it's like oh did you not get accepted to college that's why you're mm-hmm. going to the military now yeah stereotype yeah. yeah stereotype exactly uh i think it's that that's what the non-biased kind of conscious you know goes straight to mm-hmm. but in all honesty i've done both 
And I got to say, military is very competitive whenever it comes to, you know, career because you're competing with your peers, but at the same time you're building your peers. So right. it's like you can't you can't shut off your peer. You have to bring them up. And mm -hmm. if you bring them up, they could, I wouldn't say beat you, but like I'm saying like it, it's very competitive because when it comes to college, it's like all you have to do is pass you right. know what i'm saying like just sure study. sure if you don't like if this guy gets a 97 you get a 95 like it's not like he wins a prize from the professor mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying right. it's right. like it's not like nobody wins a prize mm -hmm. he doesn't automatically go to the next class or automatically get his degree mm -hmm. it's like you both did well and then now y'all just kind of like apply for jobs once y'all graduate you know like depending on your gpa so i think the competition is with yourself in college where in military it's with yourself and others yeah yeah so, absolutely so man i just i just wanted to throw that quick little subject out there when it mm. comes to work first yes but to throw that little sprinkle on top you got to get active in the community because that's what they're looking for mm -hmm. is micromanaging all this stuff like how well can you do it how well can you do it until you you break down good right. because I mean, not everyone's perfect, but, you know, like, could you imagine you you walk around the corner, your SEL, your chief is, like, breaking down and, you know, getting all emotional, and now it's, like, work is chaotic because he's acting out of line or something like that. Mm. You want to put people, like, in those positions, I feel like, that have managed that that matured in those those areas and and that's tough to do man yeah. i mean battling the human emotions mm. that it comes with especially knowing the fact that not everyone's perfect yeah. it's like sometimes you got to like put on a mask and i don't know that's just crazy to me like mm -hmm. um i think somebody um whenever i was driving them home on add they were like yeah like i remember i submitted my epr and they said that I needed more volunteering. Um, and so when I dipped into volunteering, they were like, your work bullets are struggling. You need to stop volunteering. You need to work more. And she was like, yeah, it's just really confusing. Right. <laughs> so I was like, Understandably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, it, man, it's finding that line, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's important to volunteer as well because – you get really in a inside of a box in your in your work center because yeah. it, it's very limited what you what you do day to day yeah, and who you know right exactly I feel like there's such a ceiling on on what you can do whereas when you volunteer you're in these completely new situations right like at work it's really easy to get in a routine you know because you're, oftentimes you're doing a lot of the same things you know mm -hmm. it, it may be diff a little different here and there but. When you volunteer, it, it can be something completely fresh. You're leading people completely new, potentially, yeah. compared to personalities that you're usually leading and have gotten yeah. used to and figured out how to lead. You know, so the ceiling is is much higher in in my experience leading others in a volunteer environment compared to your work center, for for many reasons. One being the new personalities and, yeah. and different projects. You know. Yeah, no, man, I totally agree. And that's what I try to tell some of the airmen that we I work with in my shop. I'm like, like, hey, man, KMC First Four, they're, 
they're they're doing elections you know this is your mm-hmm. opportunity to get out in the squadron i mean maybe if you don't get an exec you can still go to the meetings man become an honorary member where you're you're in the table mm-hmm. and you're respected because you're you're motivated to to get out there but it, it's all about you know you can't um you can't stick a horse's head in the water and in and, mm-hmm. and, and tell him you can't make him drink the water, you know what I'm saying? Right. You can only show him where it is, and it's up to them whether they want to drink. I'd probably, like, botch that. <laughs> so no, you bad, got it. but <laughs> it, it also, in the same line, you got to think about how the airmen are coming to, well, specifically this place, have never left home before. Now yeah. they're in a whole new situation. And on top of that, it's so easy to get stuck inside of the box that you are, like, in your career because it's familiar. and. Yep. You just came into a completely unfamiliar situation. So yeah. I can see for a lot of newer airmen how it is harder to even try yeah. to branch out. Like in like you said, you can't you can't force a horse to drink water. You sometimes you can put them in that position if they take it. You know, it's whatever, yeah. but yeah. It and that's what it all comes down to. I've realized is like you exact exactly like I'm gonna I'm gonna really show them like you know, the way what I've learned Mm -hmm. and at that point it's out of my control because I can't make them do anything and I think that's one thing that someone can take away from this is like do what you can um and then once it's out of your hands that you did everything you can and I I think you did your job at that point and I think um that's whenever you know leading back is find that balance between volunteering and working uh and working I think the greatest advice that I've heard is, you know, it was by Charmaine Kelly back in the episode like eight or something or mm-hmm. six. I might be wrong, but she was saying, keep the podcast. You don't have to do anything else. This is good enough right yep, here. Yep. And I was like, you know, I agreed with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but in another episode, we'll talk about maybe, you know, some things happening and why I had to switch gears again. Um but that's my best advice is find that one thing that you're passionate about, you're good at, that you enjoy volunteering, kind of going back to your jewelry making that it, it doesn't get dull. It doesn't feel like a job. Mm-hmm. And then that's and lead it. Bring uh, other airmen on, um, lead them. And that's where you develop that. And then you go to your work and stuff like that. And that's the way to kind of balance it out. Use what you use from your volunteering of what you learned and try to adapt that into your work style. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn, you're teaching airmen from other squadrons, you know, different things. Now, how can you go back to your job and have that same motivation to lead the, your coworkers? I think it's different whenever you're working with your coworkers because, you know, there, there could be some buttons that, you know, y'all push on each other. Because y'all see each other every day. Y'all practically know each other at this point because mm-hmm. you spent most of your time at work, yep. you know, um, versus, you know, the other side of it where you meet new people. So you kind of like lean on those good impressions. You're not trying to come off as a brat or something or a dirt bag or whatever that, you know, whatever they can call them. But speaking of like your volunteering of what you've been passionate about, you're the treasurer of the first four. Well, you still are. Um, you're, you're transitioning now, but... I want to ask you, what is like your biggest advice that you can give to the next treasurer or even the future treasurers of the KMC First Four? Like the biggest advice? Hmm. I would say communication is the biggest thing with with being on a committee. You know, it 
that and and planning ahead. There's there's no such thing as planning too far ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's really important to to communicate with the leads. You know, and really really be a part of the process. Yeah. You know, everyone has has different leadership styles, but the the more you can be involved in in the manifestation of of projects and ideas yeah. and events the the more smooth things are going to roll so keep in touch with with your leads and as as much as you can comfortably manage you know the more you talk the 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 better it's going to be you know that's one thing that I've uh had to work through all my life I've been an introvert you know so like yeah. Social skills have never been a super strength of mine. I mean, when I get close to people, you know, it, I'm like an extrovert with people I know, right? But yeah. with people I don't know, it, it really takes the extra effort from my end yeah. to communicate like an extrovert in those scenarios. So I would say get get really f- close and familiar with the with the people that you're working with. That mm-hmm. way, that way you can really communicate more often, more openly. And you'll be able to get a lot done, but you know if 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 there's if you don't have that comfort to communicate freely and openly, things are going to be more difficult. Yeah. So. so what would you say? I know you said communication is the biggest advice. Is that some of the challenges that you faced while um, that had to deal with lack of communication within the? You know, well, well, like I'm not trying. To, you're not trying to. We're not trying to like call anybody out here, but like. I'm trying to bring out the challenges that you face that mm-hmm. like I said you can you can prevent the next treasure from falling into because if he if they do get a chance to hear this that that's kind of the goal of this is kind of share mm-hmm. that that wealth of information that you that you have that you can you can offer Certainly. because now yes you are a peer but you have that experience that you know that's mm-hmm. good for the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I I would say in a way yeah, communication is 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 one of the challenges that that I faced because of myself, not because of anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, so it takes an effort to send the message, and it's it's it stems from asking for help, right? So yeah. I've I've all my life I've kind of had an issue asking for help. I, like I mentioned, I was on my own from from sixteen years old, so I've, yeah. so I've gotten used to to taking care of business myself, right? Really yeah. just being in charge of of what's going on right and i think personally being completely introspective i got got a lot of pride too so trying to put the the ego to the side when when i've been put in tough situations like i i noticed that's been that was a struggle at times like i didn't want to seem inadequate or you know maybe it's a weakness to ask for help and stuff like when it's really not it's really not at all um but that that's something that i that i kind of struggle with i I think it kind of goes hand in hand with with learning to lead others previous to to my uh career in the air force yeah because why not delegate it you know what i'm saying like Mm, right exactly yeah you're you're offering leadership opportunities to your peers Mm -hmm. yeah and it's figuring out how how you best do that yeah When, when i was a manager at the pool store before the air force you know, it was it was easier to lead in that setting because people expected you to be in charge, right? Like their job was like a helper. In yeah, the, in anything a, that you needed, any tools you needed to succeed at your job, 
I'm the manager. I need to if if you fell at your job and it's because you didn't have what you were provided or have what you needed to, you know, make the job happen, mm-hmm. then that falls on the manager because you need to make sure they have the tools to succeed, whether that whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Right, and it, and it's and it's a little different leading leading in this setting. It's a different dynamic because they're more like. They're, they're your peers, right? Yeah. So you got to figure out... Like, who are you to tell me? <laughs> right. <laughs> no. it, it's a balance between, between like, leading someone. It's, it's a difference between leading and, like, trying to boss someone around. You got to figure out... The tone. There's a, there's a lot speak. to it. The, the biggest thing is, I think, inspiring and setting... Inspiring others and setting an example, yeah, right? You have to do it first. Like, at least me personally, I think that that's my leadership style, you know, like, like Reed, the the, the president that's currently transitioning yeah. out as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he mentioned how, you know, his leadership style is different. He, he feels like sometimes he gets too involved. He doesn't necessarily think that, you know, his boots should be on the ground. Like he's more of of that person that can manage people in a different way than myself, I feel like I best lead being present, uh, setting an example and kind of leading from the front, you know, that's pull the rope together. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And, and, and it's been figuring that out. My, my challenges have, have definitely been how to, how to ask for help when I need it. No, that's good. You know, what's, uh, what's been your favorite moment? Of the first four, I know it was a it was a slow kind of year, and that mm-hmm. was because of the fun purposes and whatnot. Yeah. But do you have any like favorite moments? Honestly, my my favorite moment is when we did the mental health awareness campaign last, last year. year. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was holding the sign. Yeah, man, you had the speakers going, man. There ain't no speakers now. I got some. I, <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah. I, I, I got some. We got some in the, in, in the closet in here. I yeah. remembered, but. There was a moment where I, I was holding a sign out there. I don't, I don't remember if it was in the morning or the afternoon shift, but there was a, a woman that drove by and she seen the sign that I was holding. It was something along the lines of, I can see you, or no, you are seen, you are loved, yeah. you're not alone, basically something like that. And uh, she seen she seen it as she drove by and it, and it moved her to the point that she drove all the way around because of where we were positioned, yeah, yeah. you really had to go out of your way to really get back to where we were. And mm-hmm. uh, she came back there, and she walked up to me, and she just started crying in my arms. And, and that's it, the impact. It was a it was a beautiful moment, and and I hate to say that's my favorite moment because no, no, like no. it's not like that, but it was the most rewarding and. It, it stems back to whenever you were in the civilian sector, when you were looking for that purpose, mm, you were looking right. for that impact on the mm-hmm. world. And now that you find you, it, I'm not saying that was the moment you finally saw it, mm-hmm. but that was one of the moments where you're like, I'm right where I need to be. Absolutely. So that, Absolutely. that's, that's a good one, man. Yeah. Seriously. Um, I want to ask you some questions now. Okay. Um, if you, uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Hmm. too much thought into this to have it on the I know the hip like that. some people are like oh fly be invisible super strength and I probably say time travel time travel is that a superpower or is that like a technological thing 
That superpower would be like super dope, though. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's a superpower. A superpower could be anything you want, man. <laughs> it's like I, I'd say time travel. Yeah, that'd be yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Time travel gives so many like loops. possibilities, yeah. man. You got the time stone, bro. Just, it, <laughs> just look at it. Because like, if you time travel to the past, can you even go back? to the future because hypothetically if something's changed now you're getting to the marvel cinematic universe for the <laughs> different branch yeah. he's like you can't change like, the past like, because your past is now your future and your in the future is now your past yeah, exactly, <laughs> even to go to the past and just be a spectator so wh- how would time travel work and that's we'll, we'll stem on to this question how would time travel work and with your superpower would would it be like back to the future style where if like you like butterfly effect where you step on a bug and you come back and now like i prefer not i okay. prefer to just be like a spectator you know like oh, just like, okay like a ghost no one can see me but i can see everything else you know mm, that's kind of that hey that's a good anime right there <laughs> yeah no that's good man um what is uh so not with the first four uh what is your we're getting to that time it's crazy how we started back in May and now we're at the end of December. That's pretty cool. We, you know, I'm talking about the podcast really, but now I can ask this question to the next few guests since we're in the last month. But what was your favorite moment of 2023? Hmm. I would say one of them for sure, mm-hmm. without having enough time to fully analyze all the, all the moments. I I'd say paragliding in Switzerland was yeah tip top yeah yeah that seems fun hey everyone i know y'all just didn't hear what we said and there was an awkward silence but (laughs) there was something said on here that had to be cut out so i'm cutting it out you know we we protect everyone you know on on this podcast for sure um but don't worry about it that i mean i edit the videos um and if y'all seen the last one my cat jumped on the counter and her her tail went up in the sky so you know she was she was exposed okay. and i was like man i can't have my daughter be doing that on camera <laughs> so whenever that happened bro black box mm. and then when she went off the black box went away so <laughs> I wish i'm gonna edit that out today. huh i wish you'd have brought your cat today uh, i would have had three man i don't know man i can't i can't do that like they'll, they'll be whining and they'll be like wanting to get out of here they mm. love home yeah they do, they are not outdoor cats seriously That's fair. um Picture yourself in a world where you never joined the military and you get to work your dream job. What would you be doing? Owning the pool company? No, I wouldn't say that'd be my dream job. That's just something that I really liked. Yeah. And when I say dream job, it just be anything, man. Like, we had someone saying, like, they... Park ranger? Yeah, park ranger. and. Uh, a bar, uh, working at a bar, and like, yeah, what was it? Was it Courtney that said that she just wants to be surrounded by her plants and pottery and plants? And yeah, yeah she says she wants place. to live out in the middle of nowhere, no financial need, and like she's making pottery. And mm. I would say mine would be something involve involving music, okay. you know, whether that be like a manager, or a producer, or a songwriter. Mm. Just being involved in that community, Wake it, up, it would never deep. feel like work. Yeah, you know, like that's just a, such a huge passion that I, I don't think that it, it could ever feel like work for me. So if I were yeah. to imagine a dream job, it would be something that yeah. just came naturally, and that would be and one of the only. It's impactful. Like, yeah, right. Music. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It changes people's lives, man. Um, 
Is there any advice you were given from an older person when you were younger that you didn't take that you wish you did? If so, what was it? Probably stop smoking. Yeah. 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 Cigarettes are terrible for you folks. If you smoke cigarettes, you need to quit now. <laughs> I I've 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 struggled with 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 cigarettes since I was 14, you know, I had I had mm-hmm. bad peer pressure by some girls I used to hang out with and they got me smoking and I got like an addictive personality you know somebody told you to stop smoking yeah I mean a lot yeah my dad and you were like what's this person now my dad and my grandpa were always I'm gonna live forever yeah Yeah, I wish I wish I'd have quit way back then because it wouldn't be nearly as hard you know yeah to quit as it would be now yeah which which by the way I'm quitting for my new year's resolution yeah All, all Everything like nicotine, tobacco, nicotine completely. Yeah, dude, I've okay. quit smoking so many times. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just a cycle. No, yeah. no, I know. Yeah, so that that would that'd probably be tip top. For, yeah. Like, well, good luck on your goal, man. We're definitely rooting for you. Like any, like seriously, I I know that you got. I mean, you can reach out to the medical here for help. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yep. I yeah. Mean, it it. It's all about walking, walking over there and and seeking that help. You know, what yeah. I'm saying, ask for it. Absolutely. Um, I I kind of want to shout out to Paul. Um, he's one of our frequent listeners, and he suggested this back in October. But we kind of, you know, waited to implement this kind of like uh, this segment. But it's about like kind of inputting some more military kind of perspective in this conversation Mm. which i totally am cool with because i think um everybody wants to hear how everyone perceives these different type of things happening and whatnot so Mm -hmm. i mean you have your uh, the article copy for reference if you want Mm -hmm. but i kind of wanted to talk about you know this uh, article from air and space forces magazine um now the title of this one is uh, "Usa," uh, not "Usafi," but "United States Air Force Identifies All Eight Airmen Killed in the Osprey Crash." This was December fifth that this was posted. Um, it says the eight airmen were above uh, aborted uh, the CV twenty two Osprey that crashed on the coast of Japan were declared dead as the operation transitioned to search and recovery, um, and just you know reading a little bit more of the article just jumping around the aircraft caught on fire uh crashed november 29th incident off the southern japanese coast sparking a massive search and rescue effort involving the u.s and japanese military coast guard law enforcement and civilian volunteers the bulk of the wreckage was discovered by uh, surface ships and dive teams on december 4th um the remains of the six airmen have been discovered, um, yet two bodies have not been found. Um, and then they kind of like list all, I'm not going to say the names, um, but they list all the ones that they do um, have found and they have identified. Um, you know, and throughout this article, they kind of bring up like past incidents where this is similar things have happened. Um, they said the um, it is also the Air Force Delius uh, CV-22 accident uh, topping the previous one. They said um, the other deadly crash was 2010 incident in Afghanistan that claimed the lives of three service members and one civilian. Um, and then they talked about a you know, in August uh, in 2022, um, 
Three Marines were killed from the Osprey crash in Australia, Australia, and nine Marines were uh, killed in two separate crashes. And you just have like all these reports of like these crashes happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, going to the one that this is specifically talking about, which is the the aircraft that caught on fire and crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it almost is comparable to like the Kobe crash, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they, they were going through, they were going on through their day, you know what I'm saying? Probably doing whatever they were trying to do, you know, probably just ride the helicopter, sightsee everything, or try to get to another location. You don't hop on a helicopter thinking like, oh, this is my last few minutes to live, you know, right. especially you have your daughter with you. You wouldn't take your daughter with you if you thought that, you know? Sure. Um, speaking of these, you know, eight airmen that were on this mission and then out of nowhere, that's it lights out uh the youngest one was 25 years old uh the rest of them were in their 30s um but i'm 27 oh no i'm 28 now um (laughs) (laughs) hey man you'll get there trust me uh but 25 it's like what i want to take away from this article and probably spark a conversation is um i want to bring up the time that we were in bmt uh, my MTI, you know, he showed us a video of, you know, this footage. I'm guessing it was like AC-130 or I don't even know. It was like pressing a button and you're sending fire at these certain people. It was a recording um, and it was it had to deal with, you know, those are brothers. Those are uncles. Those are fathers and stuff like that. And like we're in the business of killing in the military. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of crazy when you really wrap your head around it mm. because it's like at the end of the day, we're choosing this life to serve. And I think when we're getting too comfortable, like with our jobs, since it's not really on the front line, it's not like we're we're invading mortar fire like every five minutes at work. You know, we yeah. it's kind of relaxed over here. Maybe the workload is, you know, stressful, but it's not like we're under fire. Mm-hmm. But out of nowhere, who's to say that we couldn't be? Right. You know? Yeah, anytime. Yeah. So, I don't know. How do you feel about, you know, what What did you take away from this article? Is it kind of like in the same same way? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I put myself in, in people's shoes very often. So, so when I read it, I, I imagined that being me, you yeah. know, and kind of had the same insight that, you know, things could could change in the blink of an eye you know we take we take every second for granted without even realizing it you know when you're driving down the autobahn you know all it takes tire blowout you're going 150 kilometers an hour you know you you could be gone you know so i kind of put myself in the shoes of 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 these fallen airmen and and realized once again that you know it it really could all be over in, in an instant and just we really need to appreciate every every moment we have, you know. Yeah, and I, not only that, like no, that is like one of the points that I thought of too, and I'm glad you brought that up because I saw that too, and I hope everybody else sees that about appreciating the time that you have right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get so caught up in w- what is next week or next month, uh, because nothing is promised. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like you don't step on this helicopter thinking thinking that it's going to be it and recircling back we need to 
kind of this is why I appreciate people who serve. It's like, you know, yes, this could happen to anybody who isn't serving. You know, this could happen back home. You could be speeding at home and crash on the highway or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you do put yourself more in danger when you put yourself in a military environment oh, yeah. because you do have that chance to deploy. You you do have those chances to be stationed in those hot zones where y'all might get hit first before anybody else, you know, gets gets over there to, you know, help or have some yep. any sort of a, assistance. And it's just I really do appreciate all these airmen and the Marines and everyone and it's like an eye opener to kind of appreciate the people who serve because they gave up all that time away from their family mm -hmm. and then it ended up that way you know what i'm saying yeah. um so that's really heartbreaking and you know i hope that you know over here i know their lives you know can never nothing can really repair life you know you can't go to their parents or their families and be like here here's to make it better or whatnot mm -hmm. but they do say um the secretary of defense lloyd uh, Austin Third said, uh, we continue to gather information on this tragic incident and we will uh, conduct a rigorous and thorough investigation. So, you know, about, you know, catching fire. Why did it do that? Mm -hmm. I mean, in the business of, you know, doing aircraft checks and stuff like that, that's why our jobs are so critical yeah. um, here in the Air Force. It's like many other squadrons depend on other squadrons. And it's like we're a team, we're a, an a well-fined oil machine when one isn't working then the other one might not uh might stop working and the next thing you know the the machine's gonna fall apart it's gonna break yeah. so i think uh it's it's something to take into consideration especially if you work on any type of vehicles aircrafts and stuff like that that's, that's something that somebody could take away from this is like i need mm -hmm. to be mindful of my checks right because my life uh their lives depend on my you know attention to detail Absolutely. So, yeah, man. Uh, thank you, Paul, for suggesting the these types of articles and the websites that you provided. Uh, I know it wasn't like some crazy, you know, eating hot wings or guessing words or eating beans like we usually do. But I think you and me would, um, you know, would have had a good conversation and we did about, you know, this type of stuff. So. I appreciate the suggestion and let that be known. Like if you have any suggestions for the podcast, uh, please let us know. Don't be shy. We do implement them and we're, we'll be happy to, you know, just see it through really. Um, but as we get to the closing remarks, um, podcast, we buy gifts, man. Oh, so been. you travel a lot, right? Oh yeah. I'm trying to see if I hit this spot on. You think uh, people who travel a lot enjoy Christmas? Like, oh yeah, yeah. I I knew Favorite there's holiday. a correlation in there. If you travel a lot, you love Christmas. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how I came up with that, but I bought uh something. Um, let me go ahead and get it because I know you're trapped in there. Usually we have Courtney, but she is currently on leave. I hope everything's okay. Um, you, feel free to open it, man. I know the camera might not be able to see it well. Is the price on there? I hope it's not. <laughs> Forty-one. Oh no, it, was, it wasn't forty-one dollars. I swear. Hey, that's, <laughs> hey, that's no, <laughs> that's no, it's lit. not. So, it's a Christmas item. I was just trying oh, yeah. to figure out what you would like, and um, it's a handcrafted item. Yeah, um, it has lights installed into it, so you can press the 
the button to kind of oh here how about we i'm gonna open your present um christmas came early folks christmas came early all right just carefully gonna take this out you know not break anything so that way everyone can see it all right so there it is and did it come with batteries it better oh here it is there it is that's a vibe yeah, yeah a vibe. and then you got the silent night that's fire my wife's gonna love this yeah yeah so this is a gift from the podcast team to you and your family so i appreciate it appreciate <laughs> no problem, i'm man. grateful man there you go that's that's probably the most wholesome gift i could have been given <laughs> yeah this is a cool guy too uh um, we'll go ahead and put that away after yeah. you know once we turn off the cameras but do you have any closing remarks anything it could be to me to anything you want to say man yeah i want to i want to say thank you i want to say man it's it's nice to meet you man like you are like an awesome guy and it, meeting people like you gives me a lot of hope for the world and i i mean that from like the bottom of my oh, heart man, he gonna make me cry bro <laughs> you, <laughs> he you, knows i need to hear that you're an inspiration man and and you're one of the the, the best people I, i've ever met honestly like i can feel it like I'm, I'm, a, I'm an empath, so I really pick up on on people's energies and intentions. And, and man, you you've had a massive effect on me and, get, and gave me a lot of hope, you know. So so yeah. thank you for that. It, yeah, man, it awesome I appreciate it, Cody. You, man, man. dude, that was good, man. For the viewers, I, I would say do everything you can to to not settle for mediocrity. You know, it, we 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 cut ourselves too much slack sometimes. I, I think that I think we're all capable of of doing so much more than we realize we are capable of doing. And I, I would urge I would urge everyone to, to get out of your comfort zone. Don't don't fall into autopilot. I think most of us operate on autopilot majority of the time. Yeah, get out of that. Wherever, wherever you have fears, whatever areas you have fears in, lean into those areas. The most rewarding things that I've ever done in my life have been on the other side of things I was afraid of. You know, nice. this this being the prime example. Back to prime. Yeah, prime. Um, oh, he remembered the prime. Sponsored today, by yeah. <laughs> I um, wish. <laughs> um, but but honestly, there's there's been so many times like in in moments that I was afraid. You know speaking in public when i first got into this you know i wasn't i didn't have any public speaking experience anything like that so you know i was terrified multiple times to to even speak in public you know mm. and to lead events it it felt it, it felt scary and and honestly the most rewarding thing that i've ever felt is is getting through that and being successful on the other side so i would really urge everyone to to fight fight the feelings of of settling and really, really try and get after it because you can do yeah. a lot more than you realize. Yeah. So well, that was good. Thank you, Cody, man. Um, yeah, that that wraps it up for episode 18. I'd really do appreciate y'all for sticking with us, uh, listening to us. Um, just keep spreading the word about the podcast. We want to reach out to more people. We want them to know that uh, this is a platform for them. Um, we're here for entertainment. We're here to mentor you. Uh, we're here to learn as well. Um, so it's, it's all around just trying to get everyone together on this podcast. Like we're all in the military. We're all serving together. Uh, we're, 
we really are one big family and I, and I wanted to and we hope to you know emphasize on that and I and I think with these episodes to come like we really want to show people um, what we're about so again appreciate y'all for listening I'll catch y'all on episode 19 I'll catch y'all later bye bye <laughs>